0: you to think for a moment about something that you feel in your heart towards somebody that you know, somebody that you know pretty well, but that you've never quite brought yourself to say. Something that is pretty significant but for whatever reason, lots of different reasons, we don't speak everything that's in our hearts, you haven't brought out. Who's that person and what's that thing? you've never quite been able to say. Are you guys with Packer jerseys? See me in the narthex after mass. (laughs) I know I'm in Green Bay territory though. With all seriousness, I think no matter how well we know someone, how deeply we love someone, there can always sometimes be things that we hold back. Maybe we're worried they couldn't hear it, Maybe we don't want to embarrass ourselves or shame ourselves. Maybe we think it's just not the right time, and and maybe the right time will come, but sometimes months or years or even decades can go by. Sometimes we never have that conversation, even before the person leaves us. When it comes to speaking, I'm told by people who do therapy that we hear before we actually speak. And you certainly see that in the Gospel today, that sense of the man couldn't hear, and he had a speech impediment. If you can't hear other people's voices, it's going to be very hard to speak the way they do. And certainly you can speak and communicate. probably know or have seen someone in that situation, but it doesn't quite sound the same way, and it makes a lot of sense. If you can't hear first, then it's hard to speak. But I'd like to suggest that what holds in the physical world with our anatomy doesn't really hold in the spiritual life. In the spiritual life, it's just the opposite. That we have to speak first before we can really receive. It's important to speak from the very depths of our hearts what it is that we're feeling or fearing or struggling with or maybe so desperately want the other person to hear but We just couldn't quite bring ourselves to say it. Until we can do that, we can never fully hear or receive what they want us to receive. I mean, leave God out of it for a moment. Just think about your human relationships. I suspect husbands and wives know what this is like, children and parents, even with good friends. If we don't mention that thing that's in our heart that we so desperately wish we could share, then I don't care how wonderful the conversation, how intimate it is, how much we're able to give and take with the other. If there's one significant thing that goes unspoken, we're never really going to be able to fully receive whatever it is they're saying to us. It'll be an obstacle. Again, I want to be clear, it doesn't mean there's no communication. It doesn't mean there can't be very wonderful communication. But to the degree that there's something significant which is left unexpressed, there's always going to be a blockage there. And it goes the same way with God. We go into prayer with the very same minds and hearts that we go into our human relationships with. And so maybe this week the invitation as a little spiritual exercise is simply to ask, in my prayer, whether it's here on Sunday, or hopefully you have some time for contemplative prayer during the week. If not, I'd really encourage you to find that time, even if it's just a few minutes each day. But if we're going into prayer and we're not leading by saying, Lord, this is where I'm at right now. This is what's in my heart. This is what I want you to know, not what I want you to think I'm going to say, or not what I'm going to say because it's what somebody else said I should say, or not what I'm going to say because that's what a prayer ought to be about. But Lord, this is what's in my heart right now with respect to you, with respect to the people in my life who affect the way I feel towards you. If our prayer doesn't start with that, we're never fully going to be able to receive the grace that the Lord is sending. If you think about last Sunday's Gospel talked about scribes and Pharisees and hypocrisy, kind of a familiar message. Today we have this powerful scene of Jesus with the man who can't speak or hear. But, as I'm always doing, if you look at the verse numbers, for some good reason, but to me inexplicable, we leapfrogged over a whole encounter that Jesus had. And it's where he encounters this Syrophoenician woman. And remember, she asks, Lord, heal my daughter. Unlike the Gospel today, she doesn't bring her daughter along, saying, here Lord, here she is, now do something about it. She's there face to face with Him, with that conviction in her heart. And what does she do? She speaks exactly what's in her heart. Lord, heal my daughter. I have no doubt that You can do it, but I want You to know what's in my heart. I want You to know my deepest desire. I want You to know what I expect of You. She speaks first, and then famously she receives. Yes, her daughter gets healed, but I would argue she's the one who really receives. She receives all the love that Jesus, frankly, probably always had for her, even in the midst of their difficult conversation. But that's the setup for today's Gospel. It's as if Mark is saying, this is what it looks like. If you want to receive from God, it's not like maybe you catch him on a good day and he'll give you a miracle. It's can you open your heart to speak what's there. And it's easy to look at a gospel passage when someone you know, wants someone to be physically healed. Okay, we all have things in our lives where we wish time and space could be somehow altered so that we got that thing we wanted, the physical disease to be healed, to get our job back, the marriage to be made whole again, whatever it might be. But even if those things don't happen every time we ask for them in prayer and we know that they don't, the lie is that somehow we aren't receiving. And it's not as if God is holding back. We all learn this in second grade religion class. How does God love us unconditionally? That means you're never going to catch him on a day when he's giving you any less than he gives you on the best day of your life. We're the ones who are more or less receptive. And I think when a lot of people struggle with their faith and they say what difference is prayer making or I'm saying all the right words but it doesn't really seem to have an impact on my life, what I want to say to them is how are you praying? Maybe the answer is well I'm asking for this or I'm thanking God for that and that's all fine but we've got to start with what's in our hearts just like we need to do in our marriage or our friendships. Any deep, meaningful relationship needs to start by voicing where we are. And a good way to maybe practice this, a good way to maybe help our prayer get to that level is to start with the human relationships in our life. Because it's not as if we have those loving relationships and then God is just kind of off to the side somewhere. That presence of the divine is manifested in and through the human relationships of our life. And it would be absurd to think that we interact one way with the people we love and another way with God. So even if it seems like, my gosh, this would be impossible, I don't know how I could possibly bring this out, maybe pray for the grace to do that, or maybe just in a leap of courageous faith, have that conversation. Maybe just broach it a little bit, because there's a pretty good chance the other person kind of knows what it is you want to bring out into the light. Just give them a little bit of an opening, and oftentimes what happens is they meet you more than halfway. If we can learn to do that with the people we love, I guarantee you it makes it all the easier to do it in our spiritual life and to receive the transformative grace that the Lord wants to send us. It's a beautiful scene. The men bring their friend to Jesus. He heals them. But for me, even more beautiful is the precursor where the mother who loves her daughter can go in love to Jesus, not with the daughter by her side, and simply say, Lord, here I am. This is what's in my heart. And lastly, in case you need any encouragement and to think I'm not just making this up, the most powerful example of this of all is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Think of how he speaks what's in his heart. Father, I wish wish this cup could pass from me. And you're capable of doing that and only then does he fully receive the love that the father is bestowing because of course his next words are not my will but yours be done because he could speak with absolute brutal honesty what was in his heart he could fully receive all the father's love for him and he didn't just white knuckle it to the cross he really went with the confidence that the father was not going to betray his trust I wish I wish these days I had that kind of trust and faith, but that's why grace matters. What's that thing you wish you could say to that person in your life? Maybe let this week be the week you bring it out, and I promise you, I promise you, it won't just be something you're giving. It'll only be the beginning of a wonderful reception.